City of Hope, named by U.S. News and World Report as one of the top cancer hospitals in the country for the 11th year, brings you City of Hope Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Getting through cancer treatment can be draining for everyone involved. Handling everyday personal needs, answering others' questions about a diagnosis, and dealing with work or home life can suddenly become exhausting and can cause depression and anxiety. My guest today is Dr. Kimberly Shapiro. She's an assistant clinical professor at the Department of Supportive Care Medicine at City of Hope. Welcome to the show, Dr. Shapiro. What are some of the unique challenges when it comes to depression, anxiety, the exhausting regimens of cancer treatment that you see with cancer patients and their loved ones. Thanks so much for having me, Melanie. Well, uh, depression and anxiety in cancer patients is actually quite common. Uh, Up to one in four cancer patients can experience a depressive episode at some point during their treatment, uh, starting from diagnosis all the way into remission. Um, So this is a a high-risk population Uh, already undergoing a huge amount of stress, um, physical stress, mental stress, Um, if there's already a a depressive or anxiety disorder on board, that can even lead to worsening of it. Um, So it's a very interesting population. And just like you said, in addition to the patient themselves, they're also dealing with family members. They have to go to a job. They have to take care of their kids, take care of their spouse, take care of their home life. So a cancer diagnosis can be uh, devastating on on so many fronts and um, and cause a lot of stress at the get-go. Um, what's great about my job is that we're, at City of Hope, we're a specialized center where the psychiatrists here. This is what we see every day, um, and we see uh, that it's common, but we also see that these things are very treatable. Um, So what I would say to a a cancer patient is it is very normal and very common to experience feelings of depression and anxiety about your diagnosis, about your treatment, and about your prognosis. When a mental health professional would want to be involved is when the depressive symptoms become more of a syndrome where you'll have difficulty sleeping, eating, um, feeling excessively hopeless or helpless, um, having no energy, no ability to concentrate. Um, And this is when a sort of a normal depressed mood turns into something a little more serious that we would want to uh, intervene and and get treated more quickly. Uh, Same goes for anxiety. Uh, If a patient is feeling nervous about their cancer diagnosis going into a doctor's office, that's very common. I would never want to pathologize that. That is very common and normal. When, it, when anxiety starts to become an issue is if a patient is persistently worrying, worrying about worrying, um, obsessing about things, having difficulty making decisions, maybe feeling excessively irritable, finding themselves sweating and panicking throughout the day. And with both of these, um, with both depression and anxiety, what psychiatrists and all mental health um, professionals get concerned about is when, you, when a patient feels like it's interfering with their life. And that could mean anything from getting in the way of your relationships, getting in the way of your ability to take care of yourself, 
getting in the way of your ability to do your job because of, uh, of the excess of all these symptoms. Now, Dr. Shapiro, so along those lines, is it true, or it, this is just strictly your opinion or theory, that the more positive an attitude, that if somebody is feeling this incredible anxiety you're describing and depression, that that can affect the outcome of their treatment? That's an excellent question. And um, a lot of patients and their loved ones think that if a patient just adopts a positive attitude or, um, you know, feels that they can just overcome it, that it's enough. And while I would never discount that, I think it's a wonderful thing to have if you're optimistic and hopeful about your treatment. It's really not enough. And that is scientifically proven. That's not my opinion. That is um, proven in the medical literature that um, a positive attitude is not enough. These symptoms can become incredibly overwhelming um, and uh, just trying to think yourself out of it or shake it off uh, won't work. It will be. It, it could be helpful to adopt a positive attitude, and prayer and uh, other sort of supportive measures can be very, very useful. But when um, anxiety and depression become overwhelming to a patient, um, that is just not enough. So then, give us some working tips that you tell cancer patients and their families every single day about things that they can do to go along with their treatment, whether it's getting support or looking into medicational management or nutrition exercise. Give the tips that you give these families every day about dealing with this. Very good. I think the first thing is if these symptoms are becoming overwhelming to patients or family members are noticing, patients are withdrawn. They're not interested in things they used to be interested in. They're having um, feelings of panic and uh, obsessive thoughts and inability to sleep and inability to eat. That is a time to go see a mental health professional and get an evaluation. Um, you know, we there are so many treatments that are available. Medications are one of them. Obviously, I believe in that. Um, that's part of my job, but they're not everything. So medications, antidepressants, other things to target um, sleep, um, anxiety can be very helpful. That's the first thing. Second thing also a mental health professional could provide is um, individual psychotherapy or group therapy. And there's a lot of scientific data actually that shows that therapy can change your brain just as much as medications. So patients who are very concerned about drug-drug interactions with their cancer treatment or don't feel like they want to be on medications for a variety of reasons, um, they're not the only thing. And therapy can be very, very useful. There's targeted, th targeted therapy um, to work on depression and anxiety also. It, it doesn't need to be the kind of therapy that you see necessarily in the movies where you're lying on a couch and someone's analyzing you for hours. There can be very short-term therapy that can be very useful. And then things that you can, so that's the, that's the mental health professional side. Things patients can do at home are actually incredibly effective. Um, exercise, uh, get your endorphins going. It can actually improve your mood and decrease anxiety alone. Exercise is an excellent treatment um, for both mood and anxiety and should be part of any comprehensive treatment plan um, of those uh, two issues. I'm not saying you have to go out and run a marathon, but even something light, taking a walk a few times a week for 30 minutes. Um, yoga is an excellent um, uh, exercise that patients can do. It's low impact and it has excellent benefit uh, on anxiety and mood. Um, other things that are um, 
maybe a little less mainstream, but I think are becoming more popular these days, meditation and breathing exercises can be very useful to calm down panic in the moment, keep your anxiety down overall throughout the day. And like I said, this is not an opinion. All of these things have scientific data backing them that they're very, very uh, useful and accepted by the medical community. Uh, Something maybe a little more alternative but uh, also very interesting is hypnosis. And there are certain therapists that um, that is their specialty, and they can work on uh, anxiety or certain things that are bothering patients. Patients can even quit smoking with hypnosis if they're not interested in in other um, uh, avenues. And then also I would say, you know, a healthy diet and um, working with your doctor on a diet and if patients are doing vitamins or other supplements, just to always clear those uh, with your physician. Um, now, Dr. Shapiro, this is, and I'd like like to get back to that, but as much as this is for patients, what do you tell their caregivers and their families? Because, and maybe that's for a whole separate segment, but the stress on the caregivers is sometimes just absolutely extreme. And what do you tell them about dealing with that stress as well, watching their loved ones go through these treatments? That's a wonderful question. Um, Another thing, which the last thing I was going to get to is social support is very um, important for patients and actually outcome data shows that cancer patients do better with more social support. So it does take a village to take care of a cancer patient. And like you said, families, uh, friends, and caretakers can become very involved and there's a lot of um, research going on on caretaker burnout. And that is a real thing where caretakers... Uh, you know, feel that they can't, not only can't take care of their patient anymore or their their family member, but stop being able to take care of themselves. And there's a very high um, incidence of uh, depression uh, in uh, caretakers. Um, there's, at, the, at your hospital, at your uh, local hospital, there is often uh, information on uh, caretaker support, and there are many support groups popping up um, throughout our region, and I would imagine throughout the country, uh, teaching caretakers how to also take care of themselves and prevent burnout. I think some of the things are just general self-care, making sure that there is time, <clears throat> excuse me, to take care of yourself, getting good sleep, healthy diet and exercise, and, and doing some of those stress-reducing activities that they enjoy and making that part of their daily plan, like a prescription. If a doctor told you to take a medication, you would do it. If a doctor told a caretaker, you need to take an hour out to, you know, go uh, play cards with your friends or go to that exercise class that you enjoy, that's a really important part of your day. And, you know, depending on, of course, the severity of whoever they're taking care of their illness and there's, of course, variables, but um, uh, caretakers should take care of themselves uh, also at the same time. We always say in, in psychiatry, you can't give from an empty cup. So if you have nothing left to give, it's very hard to take care of your loved one as well. Absolutely, and that's such great advice. So in just the last few minutes here, wrap it up for us. Your best advice for, for patients and their families about dealing with that anxiety and depression that can come with cancer treatment and why they should come to City of Hope for their care. Very good. I think, you know, the, the best thing is to communicate it, everything. Communicate with your, with the, the patient should communicate their needs. The family should communicate their feelings and get everything out in the open. Um, if your uh, patient or even the caregiver starts to notice that, um, 
the patient isn't doing well, they're not acting the way they normally act, and you start to get concerned, don't hesitate. Um, you know, City of Hope has a very robust um, supportive care department. There are so many people here to help you. No one is alone. Um, patients are not alone. The families are not alone. There are psychiatrists here. There are supportive care physicians, social workers, psychotherapists, group leaders, um, there's a, a ton of information here at the Biller Family Resource Center about ways to take care of yourself during and post-cancer treatment and also resources for families and caregivers. So make your needs known and, um, you know, be open to ideas and um, sharing them. And I think uh, there's a, a lot of resources available for both um, cancer patients and their loved ones and their families. And we understand that here. This is what we do. Um, so it's a wonderful place if you happen to uh, be treated here. It's a wonderful place to be treated for patients and families. There's just such a huge push towards um, taking care of the whole patient, and I really enjoy that about working here. I feel like we can make a very positive difference in patients' lives. Thank you so much, Dr. Shapiro, for being with us today. It's really great and such important information. You're listening to City of Hope Radio, and for more information, you can go to cityofhope.org. That's cityofhope.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.